Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 271. 271. I would want to say up front now, there's still work being done in the house. <laughs> sorry. You, sorry. You may still hear a little bit of grinding, yeah. uh, but this will be it. We had a couple episodes ago where one of you was emailed us and said, it sounds like there's a beehive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're installing a beehive. We're installing a That's beehive really of killer cool. Africanized bees yes. uh, that we want to take over the Who valley. do carpentry. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good bees, guys. Yeah. As long as you don't get stung. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we started carrying the Thrilling Adventure Hour live DVD. Yes, um, that that is on sale as of right now, of and yesterday. already hundreds of orders oh, have wow. come in. So um, if you have ordered one already, we will be doing our best to fill them as quickly as uh, possible. Yeah, we're, I'm coming here every day, and we're working. And it is a limited supply, so if you do want one, you should order it yeah. uh, right away. Well, 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 wait a week or two. Spread this out. So Did I say right away? I meant within a week or two. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to sleep here. I kept sending yeah. you texts I know. yesterday. It was like, yeah, 47 went out in five minutes. And then they kept, the number kept going yeah, up yeah. after that. Um, so, yeah, any Thrilling Adventure Hour fans, uh, we're on top of it. We're making it happen. Uh, or you could order it now and expect to get it four weeks from now. That's don't the say other. that. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> no, we will be, those will be going out this week. Yeah, I'm, uh, seriously, though, I'm kidding. We um, actually, we are on top of it. We're going to be getting them out very quickly. Um, even if it kills us. Even if it kills us. Even if we have to fight this uh, beehive up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, the Am- someone emailed us that the Amazon link was not working. It is actually working, but here's the thing about it: sometimes if you have an ad blocker or an ad, it will actually disable it. So you have to kind of disable your ad tracker slash blocker, and then uh, you can actually use the link, and it'll get you to Amazon because we tested it is working. Uh, we haven't checked out what other people have been ordering right now. We uh, we last time, like when we checked, people were ordering a lot of uh, wrestling figurines. So Which is perfectly orders, fine. Whatever weird shit you're into, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just order it through our yep, Amazon link. Yep, vacuum cleaners and ham. It's whatever <laughs> whatever you want to order through Amazon. We don't judge. We just take a percentage of your deviancy. <laughs> whatever you do with a ham and a vacuum yeah, cleaner. Yeah, it, that's your business. That's, I don't want to know what, it, what you're yeah. going to do with it. Just order as long as it's a valid uh, legal credit card. Yes. <laughs> I care about. Um, so we have so much to talk about. We're going to be talking about San Andreas. I saw a film, uh, Road Wars, uh, because of C.J. Johnson's recommendation, and I am now angry at him for that. Um, Aloha. Which our guest is angry at me for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, some interesting movies on DVD, uh, and a very surprise one on DVD that's coming out today that uh, a fan found that I was not expecting, because why would the studio talk to me? Anyway, I just, you know. Uh, I was just involved with the making of it. Uh, (laughs) So we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, first, let's introduce our guest. Let us introduce our guest. I'm going to start periscoping the first minute or two of this. You good with that? I'm totally fine with that. All right, cool. So you're going to be uh, periscoping? Periscoping. You're going to be periscoping in a terrarium? Uh, periscoping this now this is a first time guest but we've known um our guest for a while he's been a uh, part of the la podcast festival has a very successful podcast also on the atc network where we are right now ladies and gentlemen from crab feast ryan sickler thank you guys thank Yay. you for having me what's up periscope periscoping i'm not I, this is my first periscope really mm-hmm. yeah now surely by now someone is on a submarine is, and has periscoped an actual periscope by now if not, cool? they just yeah. heard it and they're doubling. Yeah, they're doing it right now. Go internet fetch. Go, Go do, do it, that. do it, do yeah, it, do, do it. it. <laughs> it's going viral. Yeah. 
I'm gonna uh, flip cam it. There's us periscoping. Nice. I'm just gonna. I don't have. I'm trying to work the selfie stick, but I can't get it work. So let's go into. Um, this is the garage. There's all the boxes of thrilling adventure hour. DVDs. Yeah, that are about to go down very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's more. You could have been a hand model, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I don't even know which movie to start with. Should we start with San Andreas? Okay, I want to say um, I want to say this. Yeah, let's start with San Andreas. Let's start with and San Andreas. We'll okay. Why? Right. Well, first of all, to explain to everybody what Crab Feast is, some some of our fans might not okay. know what Crab Feast is. Yeah, Crab Feast is uh, it's a comedy podcast, obviously on all things comedy uh, network. It's a storytelling podcast that focuses on. Comedy. That's really what it is. The essence of. Have you ever been to a crab feast or a shrimp boil or crawfish or any of that sort no. of thing? No, this is a New England thing. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> lobster. Uh, you know, you sit around and you eat and you just shoot the shit with old friends and you tell funny stories and you laugh. That's really what it is. Okay. I mean, you you had a you had a phenomenal one. You got great response. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what's the difference? Forgot he was arrested. One forgot one of his arrests. Re re remembered an arrest on the crab feast. So what's the difference between uh, say a crab feast and a barbecue? Well, the the food. I mean, you're yeah. eating crabs. <laughs> versus <laughs> I would go with that. Yeah, Chris, uh, one is of the sea. Right. They're, they're both in the title. <laughs> but they're not. They're, there's no different social aspects of each one. Where a barbecue. Uh, I would. I would give you that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah I would. I would say that's fair game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Everyone's sitting around at a barbecue, mm-hmm. uh, backyard sort of. You know, hang out and socially, they're and probably the same. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would say that. Okay. And the accents that you're going to have. <laughs> you're right about that. I will say specifically to the difference between a barbecue and their podcast is their podcast is more about getting you to reveal some shit that you forgot about. Yeah, he just did. <laughs> he did a V and E. Oh, he had him in like nine minutes, eleven minutes. He admitted to that. I broke into a house one time. I'm like, what? Wow. That was, listen to my episode. Sounds like there wasn't a lot of prompting to get that out. No, it did, it was, no one was twisting arms yeah. to get out his illegal activity. I felt like I was too. I was being interrogated by two cops, and they're just sort of pretending it like ah we're just gonna ask you know the way Columbo that's what cops really do though like that's no big deal that you're in here handcuffed to a desk right now just tell us everything you'll be fine and like you're going to jail forever yeah well what the fuck just happened that I'll be fine it's like an episode of where Columbo would always just come in and play dumb yeah one more thing it's probably no big deal how could you get access to the pool ah it's nothing and the guy's like um cause I and then he gets the guy to to confess that's what these guys did oh Graham what was your childhood like all of a sudden I'm confessing to a B and E (laughs) nice you guys gotta listen to more of this on uh, uh, the Periscope people I'm gonna shut off Periscope thank you guys so much everybody wave bye Periscope boom so um, so the thing about that I loved about Crab Feast was then we got into these great stories it's a great podcast I appreciate it and the two of you guys work you and Jay work really well together in terms of I, it was fun and I joked like I felt like I'm being interrogated by two cops but they were just but they you guys have obviously done this enough that you kind of want comedians to get into their history and kind of why they became because none of us became comics because we had great easygoing lives lives yeah, yeah you no. know what I mean we had we were tormented and sure. we had crazy shit but, but the thing too about it really that, that I love the most is I, I can sit and ask you all day long who you are and where you're from and about your brothers and sisters and it doesn't really tell us 
who you are. But when you tell a personal story about being arrested or breaking into a home or whatever it is, <laughs> who you are in those moments, that's who you are. Like when you got arrested, I always say, like, did you cry? Did you fight the police? Like, who right. were you in that moment? Right. Like, that's what we want to know because it's so much more fascinating. And everyone has a story or stories. Right. Uh, and, you know, I'm. I, I'm I'm still surprised how blown away I am by like I would have never picked you being a three time arrest. Uh, <laughs> There's no way you I would have been like strikes? that. I was a th- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You better watch your ass. <laughs> Luckily, it was while I was a minor, so my record's been expunged. Oh, good. Um, well, some of them were adult, but you know, it's 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 great that you do say that because it is it is accurate in telling those stories. Some of them that I've forgotten about. As you know, we're guys, whatever, in our 30s or 40s, you, you look back on teenage, you know, or early 20s and you go, wow, this, you're right. It's sort of, I looked at that when I was telling those stories and hearing the reactions from you guys and then later on Twitter and Facebook and yeah. people were like, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, I had to go through that. Right. I think to get to this place of now I'm this guy that's this vegan surfer, you know, hippie, whatever, I had to kind of go through this kind of criminal brawly kind of phase or whatever that is a great rationalization (laughs) (laughs) if i hadn't broken into that house i'd still be eating meat yeah every every vegan i know used to be a piece of shit everyone um go to any tofu festival all those guys got reps former assholes all records yeah yeah find me one yoga teacher that wasn't in a bar fight i also really enjoy sitting across from someone when they start talking whether it's a podcast or not and when and they remember a story and they like oh my god that one was pushed aside for and but now you just made me remember this and then they they get excited to tell it again too, you know, right? Because you just, haven't told it in a yeah, while, and, you, and yeah, you're yeah. excited that you forgot you had yeah. that one, and yeah, which so. for you happened to be a third arrest. Yeah, <laughs> very exciting for me to watch you realize. So like, listen to Graham on the Crab Feast, and you get yeah. the whole story. Yeah. It's a great, story. and it's it's the wonderful thing about about podcasting in general is like I don't know you and Jay that well, but then you sit there for an hour, and after that hour, you get to you, know you each get other, to know yeah. like. You know, you've known some comics peripherally. You know their names, and then when you sit with them for an hour, you go, "You know, I, I feel like it's 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 why it's the it's the, it is the podcasting community." One hundred percent. You know. Um, so speaking of community, right. that got destroyed. Let's talk about oh, San Andreas. Nice. Yeah, did you check that out? Did you that see that? Smooth. Yep. Jesus. Uh, was it as um, blow uppy as it looks like in the trailer? Yeah. Did a lot like, of people get to stare at green screens of stuff falling down? It is so blow uppy. Yeah. Um. So. I was going to go see Aloha. Okay. Son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> Ryan emails me and goes, what do I need to see? I go, well, San Andreas and Aloha came out this weekend. And like a right. good podcaster who is respectful of his of, of what it is, goes and sees Aloha. Mm-hmm. I was going to go see it. I watched the first seven minutes and then I had to leave. We'll discuss why I left in a minute. Okay. So then I go and I'm like, well, God, let's just go see San Andreas. Mm-hmm. San Andreas is dumb. But it's the right kind of dumb. It, it's well. Let me say this: you're not shocked by its stupidity, right? Right. It's by the numbers. It's every cliche. We got to bring our fan. He's a divorced guy. He's got to bring mm. the family together. It's every. Let's do this. Every it's disaster movie. Every thing in there. Yeah. you know what I mean. Now, what was it? Did a car it ha- broke down? Uh, you know, and there's a guy that. Well, well uh, like that other end of the world movie that Matthew Broderick was in. Did it act like the War uh, Games? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was one. Yes. 
Yes, it's a it's exactly a Godzilla. Yeah, close it. Yeah, they may as well. Yeah, yeah. Those are fine examples. Or was it? It's uh, like 2012. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of right. those big giant right. things. Mm-hmm. I will say this: it's got dumb crap in it, but mm-hmm. it's not so. I guess, and maybe this is a credit to how bad Aloha was. <laughs> had i come into san andreas blind i might have been more judgmental of it right right but i was just like okay give me some dumb i know right you right. know like i'm not you're going to talk you're not Bell. surprised by no, the dumb in this i'm going to taco bell for a reason not because i right. think it's fine dining right so and it's the, the was over- it self-aware no <laughs> it knew it was a big dumb i mean it wasn't it didn't take itself it, it, too seriously it didn't wink to the camera not, it was a little more serious. It than was that. more serious, okay. but it did go, hey, you're coming to an earthquake movie. Right. Here right. we go. Yeah. The opening scene with The Rock, he's in a helicopter, and there's this camera crew talking to the young guys, and they're going on a standard rescue. And of course, he's, you know, he's had over 600 confirmed, you know, hero rescues or whatever. So they go, and uh, Chief, what's your. And they're, and literally. He turns to the camera profile. There's a sun flare coming through the windshield, and it's like, I'm the rock. I mean, it <laughs> is, and I laughed, but like, awesome. Yeah, let's yeah. introduce this character right. because no one knows he's in the movie. Right. <laughs> you would never know he I was in know. the movie. He's not yeah. on any of the billboards. Yeah, or really? the trailers. No, how um, would you know? So it's not as self aware and as fun as like the Furious movies right, are, right. the Fast and Furious okay. movies are. But I'll say this. And there's some dumb dialogue, all this crap. But it is like every time you think, oh, they got to safety, some more crazy shit happens. And it's giant buildings collapsing. Right. It's And it's San Francisco getting blown up, which mm-hmm. we've seen LA and New York get blown up a million times. So get, seeing San Francisco, and I've you know spent a fair amount of time up there. So it's like, oh, that's it's it's cool to watch that. And you know, giant sea monsters have attacked San Francisco. Sure. You get to see a lot of you things. You get to a lot of movies. good stuff. Let it happen. So <laughs> for all of that stuff, it's fine, mm-hmm. and it's it's exactly what it is. Okay, and you're not going to be like, what? Now was the earthquake like? What was that other disaster movie? Was it 2012? Where uh, 2012 is really dumb. Where they have the um, the ships at the end to save the rich people. Is that the one? Is that <laughs> is that is that 2012? I remember that one because yeah, the 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 apocalypse uh, and every disaster that was happening was literally like chasing the main character. Like they made it yeah. like almost like a character. Like wherever he is, there's something that's literally chasing yes. him. It's either it's lava this. or fire. So it, it was it almost like it was filmed like The Rock was fighting the earthquake? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, like he's got Because that's actually fun. It's that's, yeah. it's, <laughs> and that's what you want The Rock to do. Right. And there's like... if in, in, What in, was the earthquake? What was the magnitude? 9.5. It was a 9.5. They broke yeah. a record. Okay. And Paul Giamatti is just acting up a storm as this guy from right. Caltech. I remember mm-hmm. seeing the trailer of him yeah. saying, you're going to feel it on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a global <laughs> event. <laughs> <laughs> so the LA Times put out this Friday... All of the no, this is impossible. There's no way the East Coast would feel the 9.4. Right. They show the actual San Andreas fault, and it's this giant gap. And they're like, well, no, it's two tectonic plates, so there would be no gap. They're smashing up against each other. That's what causes the earthquake. <laughs> the San Andreas fault is could not create Split a. It wouldn't open. create a portal into hell. No. <laughs> no. no. Um, this, this giant fissure yeah, that goes all the way yeah, down. It's, it's, <laughs> It's a, uh, yeah, you can tunnel to Manhattan. Yeah. Like, no, that's not <laughs> happening. 
Uh, it cannot create a tsunami because that would be it. That's a different... oh, that also happens in the oh, movie. Oh yeah, I wouldn't know. I saw Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> so much anger in your voice when you said. It sounds oh. like that was more of like an eye tsunami. Oh. <laughs> it's, oh, God. So San Andreas, it's, you know, this is a slim week. I mean, honestly, the, I think the takeaway from San Andreas and Aloha is go see Mad Max again. Right. Mm-hmm. I almost I almost did that. So I almost did, too. We'll get into that in a second. All right. So <laughs> let's get into now Alo- the first seven minutes of Aloha were so dumb I had to go to San Andreas but let's be clear though Ryan watched the whole thing watched the whole <laughs> thing man you are a trooper um I'll say this I wanted to go when I emailed you about it and you gave me those two movies I was like alright I'm gonna I'll take my stepson to see San Andreas and then that just never happened um and I was like I wish I would have pushed this to when Jurassic Park fucking came out <laughs> uh so <laughs> I last night rolled around and I just did not feel like watching two hours of buildings crumble and people scream. And I was like, Bill Murray's in this. Yeah. Two minutes of Bill Murray's better than two hours of an earthquake. And man, was I fucking wrong. <laughs> if anyone asked me to see this move, if they should see it, I would say Anoha. That's the fuck <laughs> I would say. All right. I can't believe. And now I was in Santa Monica and I will say this. There was uh, the, the AMC seven there on uh, right off the promenade has the full layback recliners. So they upgraded those. They're so I nice. couldn't believe it. My, my my stepson kept telling me, Ryan, they're like they're like the chair where you lay back. And I'm like, what? I went in, laid all the way back. There yeah. were a total of 15 people. The girl turned the screen to me and said, the gray seats are full. The green's empty. I was like, oh, so everywhere? And she's like, pretty much. <laughs> and I just said, give me this one right here. I went in, and much like you, these people lasted maybe 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I would say 10 left. And wow. there were maybe five and me left. So you and a couple other internet reviewers yep. were the only ones <laughs> that it. had to stay. <laughs> that with a blog and this guy. Yeah. And I just couldn't. Someone from Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was beyond bad. I mean, the I got so, well, you left, so you don't even know what the hell happened. Um, Let me tell you the scene I saw sure. that made me get up and leave. Mm-hmm. So quick exposition. Um Bradley Cooper, he's not, you hear voiceover, oh, everything went bad, and I got another shot, so I'm going to Hawaii. Okay. Right. Um, and then we see Danny McBride, whose nickname is Fingers, because he does, he wiggles his fingers around, and that's supposed to be some, like, cute character trait. But he doesn't, he's not a safe cracker? <laughs> he's counting his money with those motherfucking fingers <laughs> after yeah. this movie, I'm uh, sure. It's like, so, so that I'm already like, when I meet Danny McBride and they're saying he's fingers and they're establishing, oh, this is his quirk. He always does this. I'm like, so two hours of this? They meet at Hickam Air Base on Oahu. They're showing this. You know, part of me too was like, oh, it'll show Oahu. I love Hawaii. Like, I want to see. And they're having, these, they're having uh, traditional dancers. And I'm like, oh, cool. And this plane lands and they're offloading a fallen serviceman. Coffin with a flag on it and everyone stops and salutes and then Danny McBride and Bradley Cooper are like hey there's your ex-girlfriend and they're like talking during this and I'm like there's no person that's ever worn a uniform in the history of anything that is gonna fuck around during that no not yeah. even Private Benjamin not even no <laughs> <laughs> Not Captain Crunch. No, none of them. None of them. None nope. of them. Like, not Gomer Pyle. Not Gomer yeah, I was going to say Gomer Pyle. None of them. Like, I, 
you know, sadly, I saw one of those in person in, in Iraq. And it is the most intense, solemn, and everyone is, and they're just like saluting like, oh, you know, hey, man, hope you meet your ex. I'm just like, who the fuck was the consultant on yeah. this? Like, it was that alone. And then, uh, what's her name? Um, everyone's overacting. Um, Emma Stone, her first scene, literally I heard audible like, ugh, from people in the audience. <laughs> She's like buttoned up, and it's like yeah. Oh, that's great! And she's a quarter Hawaiian. Her character is a quarter Hawaiian. That's the whole Hawaiian connection to her being sort of his guide around a quarter uh, Hawaiian. A quarter Hawaiian. Yeah, a haole. So that's insulting. Mm-hmm. The whitest of the white girls. A lot of people really are not happy about it. Um, and then of course you know she is the connection. So anyway, what happens is Bradley Cooper's getting his second shot, and he's a guy that uh, I don't really know wh- how you classify it, but he puts satellites into space. Okay, so Bill Murray's company is going to put this satellite into orbit. Bradley Cooper is going to be the computer guy that can click, clack, click, clack, and help that shit out. And um, they want the blessing of the Hawaiian people to do this because the Hawaiian people view the sky as sacred. And it's made abundantly clear by Emma Stone how sacred the sky is for two fucking hours. And so, did they have a luau? Is that what they did? That they were just going to do a blessing. <laughs> However, um, I will say this: I mean, I'm looking for the the gold nuggets in the piece. There was a picture on her computer of Earth, and there were yellow dots all around it. And she said, "That is every satellite that's out there right now," and it's crazy. So. Uh, the thing I did learn is there's uh, an air peace treaty, I guess, a, for the sky. The sky remains no one's. You cannot put weapons in the sky. Right. Okay, that's the whole deal. And they're promising the Hawaiian people, of course, of course Bradley Cooper's tight with the chief of this Hawaiian tribe, and um, they promise there won't be weapons up there. But it turns out that uh, they think they are. He and Emma Stone. Real do. quick, we might spoil some, give some spoilers. Oh, is that? Are we not supposed to do that? Normally, no. But this I'm movie, saving you twelve fifty. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna spoil this movie, so we're, we're gonna spoil Aloha right yeah. now. Okay. Here we go. So, I just want everyone to suffer and see what I saw. Um. So anyway, they make this promise. The Hawaiians want more land. If they're going to do that, that's the bargain thing, whatever. They go back, and then, uh, of course, Emma Stone's like, you knew all along it was a weapon. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't. And then... um, Emma Stone, who is in the Air Force. In the Air Force. A military uh, institution. (laughs) Yes. Who didn't Um, know it was a weapon? Emma Stone. Uh, Emma Stone did not, and neither did Bradley Cooper at first. Then they caught a glimpse of it. Then those two... Wasn't Bradley Cooper also have a military background? He was. uh, Previous, he had gotten screwed over by Bill Murray uh, in Who also told him something wasn't a weapon? Everyone was saying it wasn't a weapon. (laughs) But Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone were were the two in the movie that were like, hmm, this might be a weapon. And of course, so was the chief, because he was seriously concerned about that. Right. And all through the movie, the, the, the... Hawaii is speaking to them and like it's so cliche and there's a a tribe she's like duck down you can't make eye contact with them and this white did they get an idol from Vincent Price they didn't get an (laughs) idol from Vincent Price and they did not take anything home like Brady Bunch Um, but they uh, anyway every every Hawaiian lore and legend packed in by Emma Stone and Bradley Cooper like yeah I know it I know it so what they do is they get this satellite into orbit and then Bradley Cooper tells the other tech to hit it with this file 
of sound. And it's supposedly every sound in the history of sound that has ever been recorded. And they upload it to this satellite, and then it starts popping up on all the screens, and everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? After they had rejoiced that the satellite had made it into orbit. Um, and this file of every sound that's ever existed blows up the satellite. And now Bradley Cooper's fucked for a second time because they can't believe he did that. And the general, played by Alec Baldwin, he makes a little cameo in this, which I always like to see. General Baldwin? He was a di- he's <laughs> such a great dick. Um, went off on him. And then, of course, it turns out that uh, Emma Stone and Bradley Cooper have to split apart, but then they're reunited because, dum-dum-dum, they really were right. It was weapons out there, and Bill Murray told no one, and they just arrested him in Japan, and you actually saved the day, so now uh, Baldwin's not mad at you, and you two can kiss and fall in love, and that was how the fucking thing ended. Jesus. Wow. It- well, well, we gave proper spoiler alert spy- on it. It's, you know, we're, it's, we're helping people. We're providing a service to save you twelve fifty because this movie and the dialogue is so bad, unlistenable, mind-numbing. Oh, and well, maybe and, that's what blew up the satellite when they uploaded <laughs> the dialogue to the movie. Yep. There's a scene where um, what's her name? His ex-girlfriend. I can't think of her name now. Super, super cute though. Mm-hmm. Um, she's with John Krasinski from The Office. Oh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Thank you. Right. And no, he, no, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Rachel. And he doesn't speak much. Uh, that's his whole thing. Yeah. He doesn't talk much. Sure. But he and he comes in and sees Bradley Cooper and he touches him on the shoulder like three or four times and just looks at him and then leaves. And Bradley Cooper's like, no, he just said this and this and this and this. So at the end of the movie, he comes in and sees Bradley Cooper in the kitchen and he just stands in front of him and doesn't say anything. And they fucking put up subtitles of the mental conversation these two are having with one another. Really? They thought I- balloon it? All across. Wow. I couldn't fucking believe it. What a great it. device. That is when I really got mad at you. And I was like... <laughs> not at Cameron Crowe. Not... I got mad at Graham. <laughs> Wait, he directed that? <laughs> My God. Yeah. I can't This even. is the thing. I was watching this going... You, you say... You just say the names. Cameron Crowe. Yeah. All these people. You go, okay. Bill Murray. Yeah. Danny McBride. Oh, Bradley Cooper. Sure. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, these are Emma Oscar Stone. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And, and then this movie... Should have just been called Paycheck. <laughs> it should have. <laughs> like everyone went, you want to you want to make seven figures in Hawaii? Yes. Yeah. 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 You want to go to Hawaii for three months? Yep. I think that was probably first. You want to go to Hawaii for three months? It I'm may not pay that. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Everyone said, well, I don't care what the movie is. Yeah. Because so. you look at like, okay, we bought a zoo, which I saw. That's okay. It's not a bad movie. It's, I liked. I, we bought a zoo. It's a, a nice zoo. family yeah. film. Uh huh. The Pearl Jam twenty uh, year documentary. I really, if you're a Pearl Jam fan, I like it. Uh, obviously. He's got quite a... Uh, but then you got Vanilla Sky. Yeah, again, outside his genre. He's got to stick with his genre. And just... <laughs> Almost Famous. Almost, Almost Famous. famous fantastic. fantastic. Jerry yeah. Maguire's really yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, these are solid films, but then I don't know... You know, you take him out of his comfort zone and it's it doesn't go well. Yeah, it just never... I mean, I don't... What was that considered? It's not, it's not a rom-com. It's not. I mean, it tried to be a little bit of that. What is a rom thriller <laughs> or something? It may be. Also, a little it, sci-fi mixed in there. Right, it military, it didn't know what like it wanted it was a, to be. It, it did not. It and that's all, what uh, happened with Vanilla Sky. Like he had no idea what movie he was making. The first half is this weird kind of almost romantic comedy, but kind of thriller. And then the 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 whole third act is this crazy, heady science fiction movie that I'm like, I you would think you would flip channels. Like, well, this isn't the movie I was just watching. 
Uh, so it, it's he doesn't uh, know how to put these elements together. Our, our deepest apologies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, I walked. I walked by Mad Max and Pitch Perfect too. I would have rather. Well, uh, this sounds Pitch like even worse than the movie I saw. I saw a movie called Road Wars. Okay. And Road Wars is an on-demand film. And I saw it at the uh, recommendation from one of our writers, C.J. Johnson in Australia, who is also a big Mad Max fan, as are we all. Now, a lot of times when a big movie comes out, there's like these little knockoff movies that show up every once in a while. There's even a word for them called like mockbusters or something like that. And um, this one is a combination of the Road Warrior, uh, but also it has vampires in it. So you have this. In theory, and like, you know what? Granted, this is like every once in a while, like sometimes when a movie like is kind of a knockoff, but it can kind of find its own voice and you can kind of enjoy it anyway. Like nine times out of ten, that doesn't happen. This is also not one of those times. It did not happen. This movie was awful. And it was one of those movies where you were like, okay, I know it's a knockoff. This might still be fun. You've got, you know, these crazy cars and they had like the spikes coming out of them and they got a flamethrower on top and machine guns and all that stuff. And then you add vampires and some of them can, uh, or can run at you during the day. I'm like, okay, let's see where this is going to go. And the answer is nowhere. <laughs> this literally went nowhere. You got to see a flamethrower a couple of times. And like, what about all the machine guns and all the cool things you have? With no cars crash. None of them like explode in giant fiery wrecks. At least if you're going to rip off certain movies, you have to do it halfway at least you have to do it properly you have to show me the stuff that i like in the bigger movie you could do it on a smaller scale you could have less cars blow up you could have less characters and you could do all those things but this one it was so bad from start to finish it was like um here's twenty dollars go make a mad max ripoff movie that's really what it felt like (laughs) acting is all horrible dialogue is horrible directing is horrible uh, even the only thing that was like a little bit interesting was like the car designs because you see maybe like a you know but but again copied from Mad Max you've got like a dune buggy with like a machine gun, you know things like that or like all these cars that are post apocalyptic but you know again some of the Mad Max problems who fixes them who keeps them running and all these there was never I can't any wait of that to read C J Johnson's email yeah yeah this is a, oh my god and I was thinking what how, there's nothing redeeming in this film at all and I will say C J and I our tastes we agree probably ninety percent of the time and but when we disagree we disagree pretty hard on that other ten percent this this there was nothing worthwhile in this film um, it is a knockoff even to see it to just kind of like have a fun like oh, this is an hour and a half it's you know no. Save your hour nap. Go to sleep. No, don't put anything in front of your eyes. Would be better than putting this in front of your eyes. Again, I think it's like go see Mad Max again. Just go see Mad Max again. You said Pitch Perfect too. I didn't see the first one, but I would have rather have seen that. That would have been a better time at the movie. I would have rather seen Pitch Perfect two without seeing the first one and not knowing what's going on than Aloha. And this movie was like this Road Wars. It had (laughs) like these on Pitch Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The review on Pitch Perfect. Ryan Ziegler would rather watch this (laughs) knowing nothing about it than see Aloha. And this is like, it's so sloppy too. Like you could make a cool Mad Max knockoff with vampires. Like already I'm like, oh yeah, I would kind of want to see that. But then it starts making all these arbitrary rules. Well, this one can be out during the day and uh, wait, no, this one. Okay, you, he can't. He's afraid of sunlight, but he still wants blood, and he's afraid of water. So then, like all these crazy weird what does rules. He eat soup? Like, yeah, how does yeah. He... It's like these crazy <laughs> weird rules. Smoothies? He just what wants he... blood. Chicken. They can't be saved. No, wait. We'll save this one and chain him up, and we'll try to, you know, we'll try to cure him. And like all these arbitrary weird rules. And then there's a guy with amnesia, and like it was one of those. Well, we'll just make it up as we go along. That kind of feel to it. 
And, uh, you know, same guy wrote, direct, edited. So it was definitely one person's vision, but it's a vision that no one should see. <laughs> so uh, uh, avoid the mockbuster road wars. And it's always funny in the title, too, because, you know, they wanted to try to get as close to road warrior as they could. Right. Yeah. You know? Like how how few letters can we change? Road warrior. Yeah. Yeah. A road warring uh, something. Yeah. I'm sure they tried. Well, Angry maybe a little Matt. too close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I agree. laughs> Fury Boulevard. Uh, beyond the Doom Cave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um it it's not fun. It's not even something that you could fun. it's not fun. You could even you can't even watch it to be like fun. It's just avoid it. Road wars. All right. All right. We have an ad read with uh, Father's Day coming up, ladies and gentlemen. And it's actually one of our favorite advertisers. In fact, we get tweets saying, like, what was that coupon code again? Ladies and gentlemen, Harry's Razors. Love Harry's Used them yesterday. Had an Mm -hmm. audition. Uh, I'd been home working, watching all this earbuds footage and become a little bit of a weirdo recluse for a couple days. Needed to polish up my man face. (laughs) Looks good. Fresh new blade. Thank you, sir. Looks clean. I I love these blades, as I've said. I've bought them after the free ones they gave us have gone out, have run out because mm-hmm. I love these blades. This is now my brand. Well, the great thing too is they have a Father's Day set too. Just for Father's Day, Harry's is offering the Chrome Winston set paired with their new razor stand. And it includes the Chrome Winston handle. That's the one you have, right? Yeah, I like the Chrome uh, The Winston. three of their quality blades. I'm wearing a holster like a and- <laughs> And the foaming shave gel. You yeah, get that, it's too. It's all in my holster, yeah, yeah. buddy. It's right. all right there. And now, if you really want to go crazy, you could actually get it engraved, too, for a Father's Day, which is cool. And But why would we let you pay full price? That's crazy. Why would you listen to this podcast and pay full price for anything? Yeah, don't be an idiot. Yeah, come on. Comedy Film Nerds uh, is the coupon code. Get in there. Get $5 off. Get in there. Get, get that $5 get off. Get your shave holster Hasht- filled up. Hashtag discount it. <laughs> hashtag shave holster. Yeah. Hashtag father. That is a, yeah, polish up your man face, then um, put it back at home in your shave holster. If you you guys put some crazy engraving, like whatever, some joke on there, um, take a picture of it. Take a picture and send it to us. Yeah, yeah. Put your favorite movie, whatever, hashtag work it. Yep, or kitten hands. Kitten hands or hashtag Mm -hmm. JGL or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Or pitch pitch two over Aloha. Yeah. (laughs) Please. (laughs) That movie's an insult to the islands of Hawaii. Save your money and buy Dad Harry's razor. (laughs) Yes, that's a much better idea. Yeah, because on Road Wars, you're not going to need it. No. Yeah, yeah, but for now. No. No. If you're going to go yeah. fight uh, zombies in a post-apocalyptic blah, blah, make sure right. you're cleanly yeah. shaved. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's harrys.com and coupon code COMEDYFILMNERDS for $5. Yes. Off. Now remember, it's harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Hello. Um, all right. So now, uh, Ryan, we were talking. Uh, About you polishing up your man face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely take a Harry's razor. <laughs> so you're saying uh, you're you're starting to expose your stepson to some of the classics we started watching as kids. And one of the movies you said I don't think we've ever talked about on this film is Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. yes. And now I will say just as a, a preamble to this, isn't it great to be able to take uh, your stepson to these movies and introduce him to it? Because we've seen them so many times, but to bring someone and who's seeing it for the first time, it's almost like you get to see it through their eyes, yeah, again, which completely. is really cool. Now he had. I asked him. How if old is he, by the way? He's eleven. Okay. 
and he's a comedy fan. I just took him to see Brian Regan. Uh, his oh. mom and I took him. Uh, he loves Gaffigan. Like, we're keeping him clean right now. Good. Right. Um, but we went to see Regan as fans. We sat, watched him at the Kodak there in Hollywood. Oh, great. <clears throat> I, I just love uh, Jackie Gleason as Sheriff Buford T. Justice. Mm-hmm. I think it's a funny fucking character. The, the, him, the... the and I know it's ridiculous to talk about smoking a bandit like this, but the whole thing <laughs> uh, no, it's not. is <laughs> up until the late 70s, it was still illegal to take Coors beer east of the Mississippi River. It was right. considered bootlegging. And right. the whole thing is we want you to get beer f- from Texarkana, Texas, back to Georgia in record time, um, but you'll be bootlegging in the process. Right. Well... I think what people forget that haven't seen the movie in a long time is they think Jackie Gleason is after him because he's getting this beer and taking it back to Georgia. And has he doesn't even know about that. Sheriff mm-hmm. Buford T. Justice has no idea he's bootlegging. The reason he is after Smokey is because, I mean, the bandit is because Sally Field left his son's wedding. Right. Okay? And it's not for his son. He says... The one line he drops is, no one's going to run off from a wedding that I planned. That's it. That's it. He doesn't give a fuck that his son was abandoned at the altar. He doesn't give a shit. He, no one's going to fuck him over after he, after he paid and planned for that goddamn never wedding. considered that. that You're going to eat your salmon. Yep. I paid for the plate. <laughs> Federal crime we're committing is irrelevant because doesn't give a fuck. I paid for a wedding cake and I paid and for a she band. bailed. That's right. And <laughs> there's going to be a goddamn wedding. And <laughs> he's only pissed at the bandit because he picked her up. Right. That's the whole thing. Uh, and he is chasing him all the way <clears throat> from Texas to Atlanta, Georgia. And he is pissed and annoyed the whole fucking way. And it hit every time I see him, it's almost, and I'll, I'll come back to this in a second. I just introduced him. I mean, he knows about Star Wars, obviously, and who everybody is, but he's never really seen the movies. But Sheriff Buford T. Justice has theme music like Darth Vader every time you see him. It's yeah. dumb, dum dum Every fucking time he shows up, you know he's coming. And, I mean, there are, one, there are lines now, when I see it on TV... That they've taken out for, I mean, obvious reasons, but it's not the same movie. Like the line where he says, Junior, when we get home, I'm going to punch your mama in the mouth. <laughs> That's not even on TV anymore. Okay? That shit has been taken out from the television. <laughs> punch your mom in the mouth. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ah, the 70s. The good yeah. Hilarious. And then the other one, too, that's a uh, little tongue in cheek is uh, he calls this one sheriff who's a black sheriff, uh-huh. and they tap his car and it goes down into the river and he gets out and he's like, Hey boy, I'm looking for sheriff, whatever. And he's like, I'm sheriff, whatever. And he goes, Oh, and he just goes, you sounded taller on the radio. (laughs) And then he walks away and he goes, God damn shame what they're doing in this country, dude. It is so stupid. It's so Texas. It's so seventies. And he's just got gas the whole time. He's just every scene. He is annoyed and it's just so fucking funny. And I was like, watch this. Uh, and and he loved it. He loved it. Here's the thing that's great about those. Wasn't because, like CB radios and stuff like big back then? Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. That was a whole thing for them. Yeah, yeah. CB was huge. CB would just come on the scene. Like, and he, Helicopter had just started coming out, in this movie at least, right. uh, where they could just start getting you now without you outrunning the police. You know? Right. And, and as a kid, it was like I was turned on to 
him. That's the first time I learned who Jackie Gleason was. Was that movie? And right. Then you started. Then I'd watch Honeymooners on reruns. Exactly. And then like it's like uh, then ten, you learn about the Sting and all these yeah. great movies. You're like, God damn, Jackie Gleason's a beast. And I remember watching. I was after. I mean, I saw Smoking the Bandit first. <clears throat> And there's hilarious shit in there where he gets the toilet paper caught on his yeah, on his sunglasses and walks all the <laughs> way out. Sheriff, Sheriff, Sheriff. 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 <laughs> and that's where 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 he's talking and the bandit's sitting there, and he's like, "I'm son, I'm trying to apprehend him." <laughs> you know, the way he's chewing up the chewing it up as fast as he can, and he's always sweating with a red face, and he's moving his hands and gesticulating. And yeah, he wants a Diablo sandwich and a Dr Pepper. I think he says, "Give me a Diablo," and I'm in a goddamn hurry. Everything, everything, and he's right next to the fucking bandit talking to him the and whole he's time. Eating and he's always got food in his mouth, and he's always exasperated. It is gas. He's got his the the car gets ripped apart. It's, oh, so good. Like, oh, they lose the roof of the car? The roof, the door. He leaves the door open, and this uh, truck driver just yells, Bonsai, and blows it off. He's like, <laughs> I saw that, you son of a bitch. He just goes nuts. <laughs> he just goes nuts and has his son. He says, put the evidence in the car, and he makes him put the door <laughs> in the back seat. <laughs> And his son is still in his wedding outfit. Yeah, um, he's in his groom outfit. And yeah. it's so hilarious. And then I remember it was turned on to him, and then I remember like seeing on or renting uh, The Hustler. That's what I meant, not The Sting, yeah, The yeah, Hustler. The, the yeah. Hustler. And you watch that, and you go, oh, man, this is Jackie Gleason. Right. A young Paul Newman. Right. And there's, there's also you can go back to the honeymooners. I mean, the yeah, honeymooners you know. is great, mm-hmm. but that's where he started. They obviously, and it's here's the thing that's great about smoking the bandit that most people don't. It's directed by Hal Needham. Now Hal Needham was a stuntman, and he was in the Longest Yard, Chinatown. Like he was a stuntman in all of these these big movies, and then he directed. Um, he directed all the he directed like all the like Cannonball Run and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, all that Burt Reynolds uh, stuff. Anything with a stuff. car. Yeah. <laughs> and Hooper. Now, Hooper, yeah. Hooper, and I remember seeing. Um, I remember seeing a uh, Siskel and Ebert after like Stroker and Stroker Ace or something like that came out, and Cannonball Run Two came out, and they were saying that. Uh, Burt Reynolds, they were like, he could have been this amazing actor. They were looking at Deliverance. Right. And they said his relationship with Hal Needham has killed him, his career. (laughs) He could have been this serious actor. Mm -hmm. And because like you watch Hooper, watch the movie Hooper. That's another movie Hal Needham directed that, that, uh, that Burt Reynolds is in, but it's kind of serious. It's about, it's it's, it's all Hal Hal Needham's life. He was a stuntman. Mm -hmm. So it's about, and um, uh, Jan Michael Vincent is the young stunt guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Reynolds is like the uh, intense, like he's the number one stunt guy. Brian Keith plays like the old timer stunt guy. And it's like, it's got some heavy shit in there. And there's and there's a crazy, uh, oh God, I forget now. I'm going to find out. There's a guy who plays the insane director. Um, Robert Klein is in it. Uh, it's got all these um, in Sally Fields in it, right? Uh, all these great inside um, show business, like ref, not jokes, but like this is how business was done back then. And it's like there's also it gets kind of serious. I saw it as a kid because I was like, I just thought it was another Smoking the Bandit, right? Movie. Exactly. And that's how they did the movie poster. He's got a 
cowboy hat and he's in the tight jeans and everything, but it's kind of intense about like past your prime and um, the movie business going away from late seventies is when it started to become corporate and they, they start talking about that a little bit and and the big blockbuster movie had that whole thing had just sort of started and they're like, you got to do the big stunts. Well, they're dangerous. I don't care. Bigger, faster, blow it Get up. Get me Hal Needham. Right. We need Needham. Exactly. Yeah. It was what Hal Needham was saying. This is what I mm. went through as a stuntman. It's sort of his... And if you watch that, and then you're like, God, Stroker Ace and Cannonball 2? Like, but it's... it's it's You're right. The first Smokey the Bandit has great jokes. Jerry Reed. Oh, the snowman. Snowman, hang on yeah. to your ass, oh, Fred. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just... The way they talk on the... Uh, the CB's great. Yeah, it, it's great stuff. And then I, you also talked about you, you showed your stepson um, Empire Strikes Back. Ah, well, you know he's he's grown. You know he's seen all the game. It's funny because uh, we're watching the movies like, oh, I know this because I completed this level in the video game. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it! It was something I hadn't even considered. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, that's Boba Fett. Like, yeah, I, I've <laughs> completed this level in a video game. Like, all right, um, it's in every possible media. It's literally there's probably you know. Apps oh, yeah. and stuff and oh, one of my nephews stuff, yeah. knows oh, yeah. more of the character names than I do because right. he's played all the games and watched right. all these animated. So he's super mm-hmm. familiar, and I was like, "All right, well then, let's just watch the best one of the three. Now we'll watch Empire Strikes Back. Filled him in on what the fuck happened on Quick Star Wars, Rebels one. Great, and here comes mm-hmm. the Empire now, <laughs> and he loved it. He loved it. And then we watched Return of the Jedi. What format do you have them in? Uh, just DVD. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, He's already seen the other, the first three that the I don't prequels, even know the names yeah. of the prequels, but um, I'm going to take him to see. Is he excited to see the new one? one? Yeah, I mean, he is now, now that mm-hmm. he saw, now that he, you know, he actually got to see the movie and not just play a video game and see, you right. know, what Darth Vader looks like and Boba Fett look mm-hmm. like on the screen versus the video game. But it's like, they, these days they look exactly the goddamn same. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Badass, That's the know? great like, thing about yeah. having a helmet. Yeah. You know, it's going to look exactly the same. Yeah, always. Well, this yeah. is the cool thing. Like last summer, my three nephews were in town visiting, and I showed them all three original Star Wars. I have the like original ones mm-hmm. on VHS, and it was so cool because then with all of these discussions started popping up of like, what's this new one? What are they going to be? Is there going right, to be a Sith right. Armada? Like, right. Who are they going to? It was so cool. Is Chewbacca going to be like graying? And, yeah. You know, I want to see that stuff. I do want to see it, yeah. I'm excited for the yeah, new Yeah, it's Wars. pretty badass. Is that guy from Girls going to be good? There's a Sith Lord (laughs) (laughs) from Girls. I think that's how they're promoting it. Yeah, uh huh. The guy from Girls. Um, All right, well that's cool. Well, let's uh, guys watch Smoking the Bandit and Hooper. Go go watch. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. Jackie Gleason will absolutely make you laugh. Yes. He's so funny, and it's, mm-hmm. it, that's the thing so about the, that era of movies is that. The, Although watch it, don't watch it with don't watch it with contemporary glasses though. Watch it. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. this is a as, ridiculous as a 70s movie with a Warner comedy. Brothers soundtrack that's yeah. plastered right. in every movie, <laughs> including Enter the Dragon. <laughs> I love Enter the Dragon. Then you hear the guys fall on the ground, and it's the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner same, right. same yeah. sound effects. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just went into the library. I'll, I'll listen past it. <laughs> So DVD and Blu-ray. Now, um, SpongeBob SquarePants 2, Sponge Out of Water. Um, my kids like this. I didn't like it as much as the first one. I thought it looked, took, took too long to get to the live action part that they kept 
promoting and i thought it just kind of went in all these different directions like the cartoon does which, but it's fine for like a a short cartoon like a you know you have seven or a 12 minute cartoon but when you have an hour and a half you got to kind of give me something to hang on to you know but it didn't never really went anywhere but uh and your kids uh, the kids liked it though so right. i can't can't say uh it was bad for the kids the kids uh both really liked it so it's definitely a kids movie i wouldn't say a family movie <laughs> more right. more for the kids all right so your stepson might like it because it's kind of weird, and, yeah. But you will be bored. All right. Um, just make him watch Return of the Jedi. Yeah, just watch yeah. Return of the Jedi watch again. Uh, now, Focus is uh, also about. Yeah, this is this, the Will Smith movie and and Margot Robbie, who was in um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know. It's one of those movies I was like, eh. I saw it kind of took a long time to come out on DVD it took too. A long time to come out. I feel like yeah. I'll see this on a plane. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you <laughs> so, will. So this is on a plane somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jupiter Ascending. Yes, gosh, if you missed that, <laughs> this, is, this is a tough week. Uh, yeah, Jupiter Ascending, and I will say the people that have seen it were were kind of like disappointed, uh, but in a way that like this was kind of like a missed opportunity where it was like a mess of all these different things. If it would have, it could have been coherent and cohesive. It just wasn't. Like uh, like it was kind of a swing and a miss with like a lot of big ideas, big set pieces and stuff, and it it could have gone somewhere. It just it's, didn't. It's kind of like the Wachowski brothers are sort of like they're they they keep like having all these weird broad strokes of stuff. And like no, you got to actually focus in on a story. Yeah. Like one of the best movies they did was when they stepped back and uh, had like their I think DP direct V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of produced, but maybe they should be doing a little more of that. Although I did like. Cloud Atlas, so. Yeah. Um, now, what was the movie that you had seen? You saw something... Uh, I saw um, The Last Gladiators. The Last Gladiators, uh, right. On uh, Netflix, which is a really great documentary about uh, hockey enforcers. Not to be confused with The Last Gladiator, which is about Evil Knievel. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes. That sounds like Now it. I want to see both. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Last Gladiators focuses on... Uh, a bunch of guys, mainly uh, Chris Nyland, who was a big like fighter enforcer in the NHL. Uh, but it interviews a lot of these guys. It's very fascinating. Like again, it's one of these documentaries that you don't have to be a big hockey fan. I suggest watching it because uh, my Chicago Blackhawks are now playing for the Cup. You sure are. <laughs> so Fair enough. Um, so, but it, it was really cool because these guys talk about. First, you get a quick history on how the game had to kind of progress into having. And there's there was sort of a frontier game played outside in Canada, and and then you know if your star player is getting knocked around, you had to have a guy get his back, and and then a lot of these guys. It was really fascinating because you got great interviews with these guys going. I wanted to be a finesse player. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I could get in the league. I was big and I liked the brawl and this. I you know and 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 how they start after a while going. I didn't like. You know, I'd get nervous. I'd be that day knowing I'm going to have to fight tonight. I'm going to have to just get in some awful fight. And some of them, like, I liked it. I liked the rush. But it was hard. And, and to see what they go through and then, you know. So that was expected of them? Oh, that's their much. job. That yeah. was their job. Yeah. yeah. You find mm-hmm. out the enforcer. That, that that's their job. And it's like, you know, that enforcer on that team, you, you and him, that's it's, it's go time. It's going to happen. Like, you know, going into the game, I got to go after this guy. Mm-hmm. And then as these guys, some of them, you know, became like these big known badasses in the league. So then every young rookie was like, I got to fight you. And they're like gunfighters. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, you hear really interesting stuff. One guy saying, you know, you come into the league and you're the feisty scrapper. And all of a sudden, 10, 12 years goes by and you've had a couple soldiers, shoulder surgeries and your hand broken. And now there's some 20 year old, you know, foaming at the mouth to fight you. And you're like, oh man, you know, and, and, and to hear what they, it was like, wow. And, and, you know, then because that twenty year old has to prove himself, he's got the older himself. enforcers. Yeah, yeah. And your body's all busted up now at age thirty two. Mm-hmm. And and then you you know they talked about uh, you know and then some of them get hooked on pain kill killers and it was a really it focuses a lot on Chris Nyland but it interviews a lot of other guys like Marty McSorley and Bob Probert and stuff like that and and it it's really well made. Mm-hmm. It's a really well made documentary and it and again it. it like any good doc goes into a subculture that you might not have been aware right. of. Like I'm, I'm a hockey fan, but I did I'm it not. remind you a little bit of like the goon. Honestly. Yeah. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's the documentary of the goon, right? You know, the goon is the, is the dramatized, but and yeah. the goon goes into that culture, right? You know, that's a, he's a minor league player and stuff like that. And then he, and then gets into the pros, but that's that one story is he, if you want to make it, this is the thing you're good at. You don't have the stick skills or the skating skills, you know, maybe this is what you have to do. It's it's really it's hmm. if, you, if you like the goon, you'll definitely like this. Oh, very cool. Did you ever play hockey or, or know any? <laughs> no, not hockey. My younger brother played for a little bit, but street hockey is as far as I went. Yeah. That well, if you it. grew up where it was cold, you played hockey. <laughs> yeah, at sure. At some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we used to go to all the AHL games in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. And that's where I learned, like, they would be like, oh, here comes the, you know, whoever the fuck it was. Like, this yeah. guy, all he's going to do is come out and skate and beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and that was exactly what he did. And then he'd go right off with, a like, a major penalty or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's pretty much their job is a beat up penalty, beat up penalty. And that was pretty much it. And some of them, that's one of the things they talked about. They're like, you know, I'd get in a fight because that was my job. And then I'd have to watch the rest of the game because I was kicked out. You know? Right. And, and they'll even bring you up from the minor leagues to your NHL team just for a fight. And then you fight and then they'll send you back down again. Like these guys bounce back and forth and oh. stuff. Because they're not, they're not, like you were saying, they're not, you know, the the Sidney Crosby's of the of the league, you know. Mm. And they also will go after guys like that. And then when they do, then there's like a mark on them. Shit like that. I love yeah. it. Yeah. If you go after the goal scorer, like they're interviewing yeah. Marty McSorley. So you can only go after the other enforcer on the other team? Or someone else. They don't like it if you go after, you know, the the you know, the prize uh winner of the team. You mm-hmm. know, they don't want you going after that kid. Like Marty McSorley's job was to protect Wayne Gretzky when he right, played with got the Kings. It. Right. Mm-hmm. You put a cheap shot, you even just cheap shot Gretzky and mm-hmm. McSorley is like, I'm coming after you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. And everyone in the league knows you cross check Gretzky, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Right. And that's sort of the code and everything and learn like I'm a sports fan. I like hockey, but I'm not the biggest sports fan or biggest hockey. Like I don't know the intricacies of hockey. And this really explained Interesting. that whole culture. So it was cool. cool. Well, now another movie is coming out on DVD uh, today. And it's not one I was expecting, uh, even though I was involved in making it. Uh, because why would the studio talk to me? And I really think... This is why you fans are great. This is you why you told yeah. us. There's only the only way anyone would know this is coming out is because our fans found it. Yes, um, Asylum is coming out on DVD today, and it all it is on Amazon, and it may be in other places too. I'm not sure. And you're listed as the credits are like I'm uh, I'm listed as the um, co-director. You know, with of course <laughs> right. a uh, Bulgarian director. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing. 
the director, send a nothing. postcard. No. And in my contract, they're supposed to send a DVD. You would think I would at least get that, but no. Uh, and then uh, I'm as a comedy screenplay next to somebody else writing horror screenplay or whatever. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I have credits on the back. And I don't know if Mike Schmidt or Dean Haglund got credits because they didn't have credits in the Japanese version. So I'm very curious to see. What I love about it, too, is that another image is plastered right on the front of the uh, DVD cover that is not in the film. Again, with like the Japanese version, all these actors on the front, not in the movie. Uh, none of the scenes are in the film. So just to, to update everybody, for most of you guys who already know this story, but for Ryan and anybody that just started listening to us, Chris, we won't go into the whole yeah. long thing, but he wrote the script called Asylum. Well, it was, was an actual horror script. It was script. an actual horror script. was yeah. hired to direct it. Then they replaced him. And then they. With a Bulgarian him. director, they threw the uh, producer that took the movie to Bulgaria went rogue, threw away the script, and shot an unwatchable film. Right. And the company came back to me to fix it by making it a comedy. So uh, I did. The only, I said, the only way I can do it is by shining a light on what you guys pretty much did. And I'll do behind the scenes of a low budget horror company on how they ruin a film. And then I'll put that in between the film, and then I have two editors making jokes, mystery science theater style, as the footage is playing. And that was Mike Schmidt and another guy. So they said, okay. So he did it. So Dean Haglund's <coughs> in it, too. Dean Haglund's the crazy producer that destroys it. And his, he's so funny in and then this they movie. Ruined, but then they ruined then that. Then they ruined that. Then what they did is they re-edited the sketch scenes, so some of them don't quite play as well. And then they took out half of Mike Schmidt's jokes. So now you have dead air on yeah. unwatchable footage and scenes. Like, because, uh, well... Our audience, I don't know if they're going to get the jokes. I'm like, what? so you would just gut it? You would take all the jokes out because two of your dumb interns didn't get the jokes? Like, here's a good one that yeah. they took out. There is like this weird scene where it looks like this. they're in a boiler room. And uh, Mike Schmidt goes, what is this, Metropolis? And then he goes, Fritz Lang is now turning over in his grave because I mentioned his name during this movie. <laughs> Great it's joke. A funny joke. And uh, like, I don't know. So uh, they took out half the jokes. So and now you have a movie that's in no man's land. And they never rebranded it as a comedy. So they're fooling people into thinking it's an actual horror movie. So now the horror movie fans are furious they when they actually watch Why this movie. Why are these movie. guys making fun? What are they making fun? What's, what is it? I don't even know what this is. And then the comedy fans are like, yeah, this was pretty funny. I, I get what you guys were doing. So, and Dean Hagman's really funny. Still better than Aloha. Still better than Aloha. It might be. <laughs> And and I, ironically, I checked the um, ratings. Uh, it still has a higher rating than Road Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so hashtag Asylum better than even, Aloha. Yeah, even people that were tricked into watching this film as a different genre still liked it better than Road Wars so and guys, probably Aloha. It's available on Amazon. So yes. If you want to buy it to watch this debacle, yes. click through our Amazon link on our page. Yes. So that's the only way I will see any money from that's this movie. <laughs> Now, of course, we knew it was released last year in Japan. It was yes. called SWAT versus Devil. Yes. Thank you to Sanai. Who actually that. gave us the DVD. She brought that all the way from Japan uh-huh. last year uh, at PodFest. And, so. um, you know, and I wouldn't be, you know, we say don't pirate movies, but I'm not going to judge if you do on this one. Yeah. It's <laughs> the one time we're not yeah, we're you okay know what? with that. I'm just saying it. No, I'm not and lo- you know, give us your reviews if a yeah. yeah, a couple of you already put them on the DVD because some of you, like in South Africa and a couple other countries, found them. And there's oh. a great, uh, there's a great review on the message boards about Asylum. Somebody said, uh, um, as as uh, Chris deserves a medal for trying to revive this patient, but it was dead on arrival. Yeah. <laughs> can't do CPR on a corpse. Yeah, no, nope. And uh, some of my other favorite comments from a podcast in the UK called it a noble failure. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> that's nice. Actually. So there's some definitely uh, as long great as you die with honor. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely some uh, some great uh, stuff out there. All so right. 
But uh, thanks. If you want to check it out, it is now available. And again, never would know it except for you guys fans thanks, letting guys. us know. Thank you so much for being out there, being our yeah. eyes and ears. It's weird that Lionsgate didn't put a press release out oh, for the release. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> premiere party and spend all the money. That's weird. Red carpet. Um, all right, so, so site spotlight, C.J. Johnson. Yeah, San Andreas review. You know what? He said the same thing you did. He actually he said you know it was actually done pretty well, and he liked it. And it's a big dumb action movie, mm-hmm. but he said they got the beats right on it. So and, he yeah, uh, he and, liked yeah. it. So and you can CG, check out the written review on the site. Yeah, read his review. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a cool. He's got he's got good insight mm-hmm. on this. And then fan feedback. You said that we had some stuff on... Um, oh, yeah. There was a great uh, post on uh, the Al Pacino movie that we were talking about. I think it was Injustice for Injustice All. Injustice for All. And one of the... Um, if you pull it up, though, one of the things that made me laugh, too, is the uh, the music was so out of place for this movie. And that has to be one of those... Um, it's kind of what you're talking about with Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Back then, they would... And when you and when you go back and watch some of these older movies, there's great moments in it, and then there's just some like this ridiculous music that doesn't match at all. all. And it made me laugh because it made me think of. Do you remember the movie First Blood? Of course, yeah. Yeah. There, it's a very minimalistic um, soundtrack. There's not a ton, and it doesn't really get in the way. But at the end, when the ending credits start. There is the most ridiculous, overblown '70s pop song that starts with like this weird woman crooning. It's abs. It will make you laugh out loud because you have this this heavy, heady drama, and uh, you know, especially about vets and the Vietnam War, and then the violence, and you know, he's being carried away in handcuffs, and this ridiculous song starts playing as the oh, credits yes, start. Like, and the room yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. It's fantastic. You have to watch it just for the end of that uh that scene when he's when it ends and then the, yeah, the credits just starts. Yeah, just gave that monologue yeah, to Richard Crenna yeah. yeah. yeah, his legs blown off. Yeah, and then yeah. And the road. <laughs> it's so I don't know what was going on with music back then. Uh, I wish they would re uh score some of the old You classes. know what? It wouldn't be a bad idea. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Yeah. yeah. Just remix the music, put some and you could just Especially like Especially for the real egregious uh Like I, I love like I said, I love Enter the Dragon and it's just one of those things I'll throw in for whatever mm-hmm. once a year. Yeah. And I wish they would just redo the music in it. I know. It's right. so bad. There's some cool stuff in there. Some of it is Lalo Schifrin doing right. some cool stuff and he did a lot And there of are great. some Three Stooges sound effects in there too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, know, and Bugs Bunny. They, yeah. And Road <laughs> Run. Literally you're like... Did a morning radio DJ <laughs> get a sound effect? Yeah, you, you hear meep meep, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are. There's a. Yeah. Hidden, there's, I'm sure there's a hidden one in there somewhere. Boards don't hit back. Meep meep. Like. Um, all right. So thank you for that post, guys, about and justice for all. And we also got uh, someone on Twitter suggested doing a. Uh, a Stanley Kubrick themed episode. I yeah, that's a great that. idea. Yeah, yeah, we've got some ep- some weeks yeah. coming up yep. this summer. Then we'll we... bank the shit out of that oh, episode. God damn, I'm gonna bank that. <laughs> um, and coming out this week. Now, this is another interesting week. Um, the thing I like about it is it's it's you know you have something for people who like different genres of movie. It's like a proper way to release movies. Like you have one movie, then you have a movie that's completely different. We don't always get that because people are asleep at the marketing departments. We have Entourage. So you have, if you liked the show, chances are you're going to like the film. I like the show. The yeah. show was was fast food. It was just, yeah. it was. I'll tell I you, see it. I found it hit or miss. Like I found some parts really sure. funny and then other parts are like, oh, I'm just kind of bored. Yeah, the show, yeah. it ran out. Yeah. It ran, ran out, out of, of juice. But yeah. I loved it. I mean, I mean, it was, it was actually, I liked that show when he, everything went his way. I, I started getting bored. I liked it when all of a sudden. It was a struggle. Yeah. You know? And so, mm-hmm. but you know, I'll come back and I'll watch this. Right. 
this movie. And the next movie is Melissa McCarthy's uh, movie Spy, which Directed is kind of Paul like Feig. well, Paul Feig. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, you know, this this could go either way. I like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I, I like funny. them both, and I like Paul Feig. I like so. Paul Feig. I I hope this isn't the beginning of like, you know, they do this with comics. They get really funny, and then they just. Put them in everything. Everything. Yeah. And then after a while, you're like, they're just doing the same gags in every movie. Right. So I hope it's So I hope that, it's good. Because I like yeah. these people. Uh, speaking of the same gags in every movie, Insidious Chapter 3. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions, yeah. again, after the second chapter. So this is like a kind of a paranormal activity. Uh, just like keep making them this as long as people keep, yeah, people, just, people be, uh, seeing I mean, them. Look at the billboards. Are just a woman's eyes with blood coming out. Right, right. That's all you need. And, and I will say though, the um, the I didn't see the first movie because it looked absolutely terrifying. And um, there's a review on the site. Uh, our horror reviewer Matt Weinhold saw, it. and he said mm-hmm. it's good, although it, it like gets weird at the end. It gets like uh, almost like Doctor Strangey, where he like goes into the mystic world and fights right. monsters, kind of thing. But um, it, it it was one of those. It got fairly good reviews. Insidious, so it, it's definitely if you haven't checked it out, I'll see it eventually. But it, it's. If you're a horror fan, chances are you've already seen it. So check it out if you're a fan. I don't know how good three will be, but uh, good luck. (laughs) All right, guys. That's our episode. Um, Ryan, uh, thanks for doing the show. Where can people find you online? Tour dates? What do you got? Uh, First of all, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Um, I am at ryansickler.com. Except when you were watching Aloha. Except when I was watching Aloha. (laughs) I'll never get that fucking two hours back. (laughs) Uh, RyanSickler.com on uh, on the web, Ryan Sickler, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TheCrabFeast.com. You can listen every Tuesday, part of the All Things Comedy Network on iTunes. And you can see me live. You say this is coming out today? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, June 14th, I'll be headlining the Irvine Improv. It's a Sunday. Jay Larson and I will be down there doing a Crab Feast stand-up show. And then I'm headlining the San Francisco Punchline on June 24th. Oh, Nice. Uh, those, I love the punchline. Punchline is like I love it. It's such a great club. It was laid out perfectly. Yeah, I it's think. a really good club. It's we did so, our podcast. We did our podcast mm-hmm. up there at Sketchfest a couple years ago. It just feels like when they always say, "Yeah, we got about two hundred some people." I'm like, God, this feels like an eighty seat room. Like, yeah, it that's does. How intimate it feels. Yes, mm-hmm. it's tight. I love it. And all the sight lines are good. Yeah, it's laid out perfectly. No one's too far away. It's it's and and you're in San Francisco. Yeah, you're in San Francisco. Um, so check those out. Yeah, see see them live, guys. And, and no one's too close. No one's too. You don't want them too close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, and listen to Crab Feast. It's a blast. It's a it's a fun show to do and to to, to be on and to listen right. to. So and we, there's stuff to purchase this week now. If you want to go through our Amazon link and buy Asylum, uh, yeah. and also we have the Thrilling Adventure Hour DVD. Yes. There are we have. Um, they are going fast, and that is the truth. So if you want one, you definitely want to pick it up uh, now. Um, and Minneapolis, Minnesota, I will be headlining the Comedy Corner Underground June 19th and 20th. Uh, and also uh, will be headlining the Improv in uh, Vegas at Harris Hotel and Casino, and that is July 14th through 19th. Uh, Chris and I are going to be doing a podcast movement doing a show and some panels and stuff in Dallas, which yes. is on July t- 31st. And we August may be 1st. doing a live podcast. We're not sure if it's going to be a stand-up show or a live podcast, but that'll be the 31st that night. Trying to work that out. Uh, yeah, and then, but and but Aisha Tyler will be on the show, too. Yeah, and then uh, I will be uh, headlining the improv uh, in Lake Tahoe uh, at Harvey's Hotel and Casino, August uh, 19 through 23. And then, of course, I'm headlining the Hollywood Improv 
August 29th, and LA Podfest, September 18th through 20, guys. Oh, that'll be great. Boom. Yep, we got a lot of announcements we're going to be making about LA Podfest very shortly. Yes, yes. Locking down some big shows. It's going to be fun yes. here. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Always, you, you guys are great fans. Yes, so we love and you're this. great at researching. God damn, you yeah. guys are <laughs> better nerds than we are. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Uh, and thank you once again, Well, you Ryan. found my film that I didn't know was coming out today. You guys have found <laughs> it in other continents. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the thank show. Thank you, guys. Uh, my name is Graham Elton. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.